0: Weird, time-sensitive, or just not long enough for a full episode, this is Bonus Content. Alright guys, welcome to an episode of Bonus Content. I am here with Pat Lysite, and he is from Kara Games, and I randomly jumped onto this. Like, you'll notice that my co-host isn't here, it's just me, because this is kind of a a last-minute thing. Somebody had told me about this game, about the early church. And I checked out the website, and I made sure that I looked into it. And before I knew it, I found out that their Kickstarter's just starting out, or it hasn't yet. Hopefully, I'll Hello. get this. Hopefully, I'll get this podcast out before it actually gets going. But it'll be rolling on the third, which is Wednesday, right?
1: Wednesday morning.
0: And uh, because I, I'm really interested in this. Uh, I haven't played it yet, but I've seen a lot of the videos, seen a lot of the the prototype stuff in pictures and things like that. So I wanted to get Pat on here and talk about it. So, Pat, why don't you just give, like, the shotgun view of what your game is about.
1: Sure. So the game is called Commissioned. It's a two-to-six-player, historically-themed cooperative game with a simple deck-building mechanic that plays in an hour. Each player is an apostle of the early Christian church, but you don't need to know anything about the church to play. Uh, and you each have a unique skill... That is uh, in the form of a faith deck. And that faith deck is different for each player at the start, and you have a unique skill that the team needs to accomplish different goals based on the scenario you're playing. There's five scenarios in the game, but in the base scenario, uh, what you'll be doing is you start as a group in Jerusalem and you have to fill the cities in the eastern half of the Roman Empire and collect nine cards that represent the books of the New Testament. And you have to do both of those things before either you run out of time, or you lose five churches uh... so when you lose a church it's called extinguishing the light from that church and you have to blow out a little candle there's a piece that you blow out and you can show that on the board uh, and then the timer in the game is a deck of historically based trial cards and that uh... encompasses all of the uh, governmental religious or uh, natural disasters all the bad stuff that happened to the church in about the first one hundred and fifty years and so that deck uh, you know, Every turn, you're going to flip one of those cards out, and that's going to be what's working against the team. It's a totally cooperative game, so there's no trader variant or anything like that. Um, and then to overcome those trials, you'll be building your faith decks. So you start with your unique uh, Apostle cards, and then two cards uh, that are uh, what we call two faith cards. Each card has a point value, one, two, three, or four. Your Apostle cards have a starting value of one for everybody except Peter, Uh, And those cards do something to the board. They have a board effect that allows you to to remove a hindrance or add extra people or stuff like that. The two-level cards are the word cards. So on the top of the card, there's an effect that uh, changes something on the board. And you can play it for that, and then it'll get recycled into your deck. Or you can take it out of your deck, and it has a group of books of the New Testament on the bottom. And you play those to the board to actually collect the New Testament as you go. So you've got to do those two things. Uh, to accomplish uh, the victory conditions. And then as the game goes, what happens is you build stronger cards into your deck that include things like the major miracles of the book of Acts. So it is a fun way to explore the different challenges that the church faced, uh, but it's also very, uh, his, the viewpoint on the material is historical. So Uh, You know, each card has a flavor text line at the bottom with a scripture quote or or some other historical fact, and you can look into a theme appendix that has got all the information about what was happening to the church at the time, why that card is in the game, or you can just play the game, and you'll find that it's really a strategic challenge that you're trying to solve, and it has very little to do, so it's not a proselytizing, in-your-face kind of application of the material. It's much more a historical walkthrough. And one thing that helps with that is the different scenarios. So like I said, there's five scenarios in the game. I talked about the base scenario. That's kind of an overview of the book of Acts. Uh, Then there are uh, the second scenario is Peter's Gentile outreach. So you have to stay in Judea and the trials are beating you down as you're trying to build up the early population of the church. The third scenario is Paul's missionary journeys. So you start in Antioch and you go throughout Asia Minor and Greece and you come back. And you have to fight your way through uh, added restrictions and uh, to your movement and growth as you go. Uh, and then the fourth scenario, Paul's in prison in Caesarea, and you've got to get him safely on his shipward journey to Rome with a certain number of pieces. And then the last scenario on the back side of the board is, is probably my personal favorite and because it covers the archaeological history after the writing of the New Testament. So uh, it covers uh, the spread on down four major arms. So uh, Philip uh goes down the Nile River Valley to Ethiopia. Thomas goes out to India by 57 AD. Andrew takes the gospel around the Black Sea. Uh, and then the disciples of Peter and Paul go from Rome into Spain and spread out through the rest of uh, Western Europe england and, and north africa and that all happens in the first one hundred fifty years of church history which is before christianity becomes the state religion of rome so this is all against you know intense persecution uh... and and done not by, at the tip of the sword but uh... through personal sacrifice and uh... and you know their own or their own uh... modeling of the faith self-sacrificial faith as they went so really if you know it, the, the game is designed to showcase the amazing stuff that happened in those first hundred and fifty years of church history because whether you're a Christian or not what happened in that era changed the course of civilization and so it's important for everybody really to know but what I discovered is that sitting through church history le- lectures are like where are <laughs> my where are my toothpicks this is killing me but it's an amazing story so to be able to play that in a game kinda of format allows you to really step into feel the challenges they were facing and immerse yourself in that and and see uh, you know the legacy that they uh, left into the the Christian Church uh, as the early apostles. So we're really excited about it. it. Takes an hour to play. You know once you know what you're doing, the first time takes a little bit longer. Uh, but we are you know very happy. We've gotten consistent uh, good feedback from people at different conventions, and we've been working on it for about a year and a half. And it's an interesting journey we can talk through. It. I'll let you ask some questions and see where it goes, and we'll fill in some gaps. But Like you said, we're launching on Wednesday, June 3rd. It'll be $39 for the basic uh, Kickstarter version. That includes all the stretch goals and all the stuff that we hit. Uh, And that includes shipping in the U.S. If you're outside the U.S., then there's going to be an extra shipping charge uh, for that. But very excited about how all the art has panned out. Um, And if you're interested, our our website is www.caragames.com, all one word. So that's got some videos uh, and some links to other different things uh, that are up there, including a, a demo game we played at Geekway to the West a couple weeks ago. So that's what it is.
0: Very cool. So normally when, when you get a game out there and people don't necessarily get their chance to, to play it right away, the first question we get a lot is, what is this like? What like? What game that people know would you compare this to? So, for you guys, like it seems like you're probably getting inspiration from a bunch of different games, but yeah. what are some of the things that people would, would
1: recognize? Sure. So, uh, basically, if you take Pandemic and reverse it, that is kind of the core of the cooperative team game, okay, that's going on around the table. But then each player is building their own deck in an individual style, kind of like Dominion, except on a very basic, simple level. So... Uh, What what we did was we took that individual game and we crossed it with a cooperative game. So you're actually playing kind of two games simultaneously. And the reason we did that is because that's a reality for Christians. You know, you have your own faith that you're trying to build, but you also got to work together as a team to do what the church is trying to do. And so you're in this constant working together, but semi-conflict because – who am I going to prioritize? Am I going to prioritize myself in this situation, or am I going to prioritize the church? And how do we work together to grow long-term? And, and that really kind of reflects the reality of, of the Christian lifestyle. And so we took those elements and we crossed them together, and then we added some stuff in the middle that really makes the game unique. And that gets down to our elder system, uh, which involves a first-player token that rotates every, uh, every turn, essentially and that whoever holds that token it's going to be a little three inch wooden shepherd staff and we call it the elder staff and when you're the elder you have the decision making for the team you i mean you have to make the decision and then coupled with that there's a eight-sided die that represents communication it's called the message die and so communication in the first century is not so good there are no cell phones you know anything like that so to be able to talk around the table you roll this die and if you roll a four or higher you can talk but it's fine if you roll a three you can't talk if you roll a two you can't talk and something else bad happens you get an extra stop in your way that slows the church down you roll a one you can't talk and you lose a church member so spies have infiltrated and you know messages have been intercepted and bad stuff is happening so this message die what it does is it controls uh, and restricts the alpha gamer problem so there are times when you as as an individual, not only are you playing your own game and, and you have to make your own decisions there, but there are times when it's gonna be on you to make the team call. And if you make a bad decision, sometimes people aren't gonna be able to fix it right away. And it's gonna, you know, take the team time to recover from that. And I think that, you know, hits hits home and, and actually solves a lot of those alpha gamer issues that cooperative style games have. Uh, so we worked pretty hard to to make that smooth. And what I what we say is, you know, if you're playing with Christians who aren't gamers and you're just trying to introduce them to board games, leave the message die alone. Just put it in the box. Uh, <laughs> but if you're playing with gamers who know what they're doing, then man, it's game on. And you're gonna be like, you know, biting your teeth and trying to do anything you can to to not give messages when that happens because it's it can get pretty intense. It's it's been fun.
0: Yeah, that that message I was probably the most intriguing part of this game as I was watching the, through the videos and stuff. I'm I'm watching this and like the very first person on the the Geek Way to the West video rolled a 1, which meant oh! that nothing Ooh! nothing could get said, nothing could get She basically was like on her own, like all right, what do I do now? Right, right. So it it definitely seems like like you mentioned the fact that it solves the alpha gamer problem because that's a big thing for co-ops, especially when you're trying to get new people in. Yeah. Because there's always that one guy who's played this game umpteen times. No, you shouldn't have done that. You should do this instead.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah, we recognize that in the co-op. And, and several people have tried to solve it different ways. Um, so, th- I mean, this has been our attempt. And, and it seems to have worked out pretty well in, in the testing that we've done. Obviously, we've been working on this a while. And and, and it's it's interesting because it gets – the message die specifically gets mixed reviews. It gets the – Oh, I love this! How it solves the alpha gamer, and then you have the alpha gamer saying, "I
0: hate this message, die." What do you mean I can't tell them what to do? <laughs>
1: it's it's been pretty funny to watch, but um, yeah, it's it's working out pretty well, and and um, I think the biggest thing for us in the last six months has just been the fun of watching the art come together. Uh, Kenneth Spawn is our uh, is our lead artist graphic. Artist and designer, and and he has done just a fantastic job at at putting the game together and giving it that thematic uh, richness. You know, it's it's always fun to watch what you have in prototype form go from blocks on PowerPoint into beautiful, you know, wonderful art. And so we've uh, we've really enjoyed that, and it's fun because we've got this old Ro- we've got this old 20 AD Roman map, which throws everybody off because the Romans oriented their maps east up, not north up. And the reason they did that was because they oriented the maps to the sunrise. Uh, it's actually why we call countries in the Far East Oriental. But So it's funny. We've got this big blow up on a banner of our map, and everybody loves the map. They come up and look. And then about two minutes later, I see them do this. <laughs> they, as they Turn, realize, turn oh. the head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Now I know what I'm looking at. But, uh, but it's been fun to, to watch all that come together and, and to really develop its life, own life uh, based on around the art. So that's been good.
0: And I will say, I, I've you, know, you guys sent me some of the, the images of the, the early boards that you guys have and everything like that, and I've seen the the stuff on the video. It looks gorgeous. I yeah. mean, it, it definitely looks like you guys got some quality components there. Um, yeah. Speaking of Geekway and the, the video that you did there, you guys have talked about you've spent about a year and a half doing you know, the various play testing. Have you had a lot of experience with people outside of the church yet playing this game? Because that's always... It's always the interesting thing when you're talking about a very, very, you know, churchy Bible history game, you know, you, you wonder if people who aren't Christians would have any reason to play it. So have you, have you guys had people who don't make any kind of profession of faith play the game and what, what's their response to it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when we set out to make this game, we wanted it to reach three audiences. Our core audience is obviously Christians who are gamers that, I mean, that's, This game is going to answer their needs very clearly in all signs. We wanted it to be simple enough to reach Christians who are not gamers. So they can sit down with a gamer friend or just with the rule book itself and figure out pretty quickly uh, the advantages of using the game from a discipleship, history, learning, educational kind of process without the game being too complicated for them to figure out. The third group that we wanted this to reach is gamers who are not Christians. Uh, And that's because, I mean, like I said before, whether you're Christian or not Christian, this is your history, and it affects uh, how civilization is today, and it's important for to know. And then also we want it to be a non-threatening way that Christians can engage the the people they love and care for that are uh, non-Christians with Christian material. Not that this is going to be an in-your-face, you know, you must convert, you're a terrible person. No, it's not like that but you can kind of see as you play the game oh okay i see how this fits together this brings up an interesting question why is this the way it is and it just kind of opens up conversations that way uh, that can be had at you know whatever level of engagement the players who are playing are just so we definitely set out with the goal to do that so have we done that is the question um, and so how we tested it is once we, we had a working game and you know we were through the rough patches we started alternating between Going, taking it to local game stores in Kansas City, where we've been the last two years, uh, and then uh, taking it to groups from our church and inviting people over, and be alternating back and forth with these systems to polish uh, how the components work and interact with each other, and um, and to, to make sure that all the audiences are engaging. We've been to, we took it to Origins last year, pitching it to publishers. We took it to uh, Geekway and uh, uh, Homeschool Education. Conference this year, and then we're launching our Kickstarter at Origins uh, this year uh, back in Columbus. So it has been thoroughly tested on both sides uh, of the aisle as far as uh, faith backgrounds, Jews, Catholics, Protestants of multiple denominations, more importantly, atheists and agnostics have also played it and thoroughly enjoyed the gameplay. They have a bigger hump getting to sit down, but then once they play the game, they're like, okay, yeah, this. This is not what I thought it was going to be. This is a really good game, has some good engrossing gameplay, and the material is what the material is, but it's not offensive, and it's, it's not designed to, to make me feel less of a human being. So I think we've succeeded uh, in doing that, and uh, I think that it's also matched up with our team roster, and, and this is interesting because our our team roster, our email list, if you will, for as we've been working on that put together before the uh, Kickstarter launches on Wednesday. We have 248 people on our email list that are interested in commissioned uh, and about half of those came from non-gaming Christian audience and half of those game came from half of those names came from the gaming side which includes, you know, a lot of Christians and a lot of not Christians. So, we've got a pretty even split on what what which community is fueling our um, our interest. So,
0: Very cool. So you are going to be at Origins. Uh, How about we, you know, like I said, my goal is to get this up before Origins happens. So maybe people are listening right now and they are driving on their way to Origins. Where are they going to find you? What do you guys have planned there?
1: Sure. So we've got uh, two events on Wednesday, one at 2 o'clock. The one at 2 o'clock I think is actually still open, has a couple seats. The one at 8 o'clock on Wednesday I think is sold out. But then also on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night at eight o'clock, we have scheduled uh, demos where I'll be, or or my wife or somebody else in our, our team will be uh, teaching those games. Probably me. And then our booth in the exhibit hall is number three forty-six, which is about three quarters of the way back uh, toward the left-hand side, uh, and we'll be there uh, doing, uh, you know, pitching the the game to people. And then we'll have a demo table that's running. Basically nonstop throughout the convention, so you can come find us, sit down for an hour, and, and learn how to play the game. Actually play through a a whole uh, edition of the game, uh, and then you know hopefully uh, you can uh, back it right there uh, at the table. And we'll be giving out we have some buttons to give out that you know cool little buttons from the uh, convention. But then we also have promo cards that will not be included in the base set of the game that we'll be giving out to people who show us that they've backed on the Kickstarter. Uh, from the convention, we'll give that card out. It's kind of a divine prophecy card that lets you see what the trials that are coming up for. So it's kind oh, of an man, interesting that, that. use of a, a use, use of a card.
0: Well, all right. Well, I hope a lot of people are listening right now, and I hope they check you guys out. Um, is there any other way? I mean, you've already mentioned the site, but if you want to throw that out one more time, just ways that people can get you if, if they can't go to Origins, because like myself, I'd love to be there, but I can't. So for those of us who aren't going to be there, how can we find out more?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's www.caragames.com, all one word. We have a BGG uh, page as well. So if you want to go there and give us some thumbs, uh, that'll, uh, that'll help us out as we launch our campaign. We also are on Facebook at Facebook slash Caragames and on Twitter at, at Games. So you can get us. Uh, any of those ways and if you hit the contact us page or contact us button on the facebook or the contact us page on the website it'll shoot you right to my email address and i'll try to get uh, right back to you if you have any specific questions
0: and i can vouch for that because that's how this podcast
1: happened (laughs) that's right that's right we do actually answer our email we're that small
0: (laughs) all right well good luck i hope all sorts of great things for the Kickstarter and hopefully we'll be able to get you guys to come back again to talk about how completely amazingly successful it was.
1: Well, that would be wonderful. (laughs) Tell all your friends and neighbors.
0: All right. Thanks Pat for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me.